재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul and on streaming platforms all around the world. Every week we take a moment to listen carefully to what Koreans are saying to each other on social media platforms. Gives us an idea of what's important in the country in terms of headlines and what people are thinking. Joanne Jung and Jim Bully are here for that, and we call it Dive In Korea. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, it's always a mix of serious and a light when we get together and talk about these things. Uh, we'll start on a serious note. Um, it's kind of a unique feature of Korea. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We can get into that. But... Um, crimes and offenses, they tend to be viewed as mitigated if somebody is severely inebriated or has had alcohol before committing the offense. A lot of comments I have noticed, they're talking about, you know, Korea's lenient attitude, loose attitude towards alcohol in general. Mm. I think it's because it's usually associated with good things, you know, communication, bringing people together and stuff like that. And um, because everyone's, you know, been drunk once once in a while. Once in a while. It's it's such a... Hardwired into life. Yeah, it is. And they're like, you know, sometimes I black out too. And sometimes I don't know what I've done while I've blacked out. (laughs) So maybe I could have done something bad. But others are like, no, even if you've blacked out, you don't commit a crime. That's a totally different thing. Yeah, you are responsible for the behavior that led up to the blackout and therefore for the behavior afterwards. Uh, So this topic of alcohol-infused criminality is getting back into the headlines lately. It it has been um, popping up in the headlines for a while now because of uh, a particular criminal who committed a crime back in 2008. Um, His name is Cho Doosun, and he's due to be released in 2020, and that's only a few years away. People are very, very concerned about this person. Apparently, his sentence was reduced by the prosecutors because he was under the influence of alcohol at the time of his crime. Mm. What Um, was his crime? What was his crime? Um, he uh, he um, raped a eight-year-old girl, and um, many of her organs were destroyed. Eighty percent, um, and this was a very, very serious issue. A movie was made based on this particular story as well. I'm shaking right now thinking of this. It's yeah, it's a difficult thing to even yeah. talk about, right? Yeah. Um, you would think this is the rarest of rare cases, and that this person should be punished to the maximum, regardless. What's very interesting here is the the introduction of alcohol as a mitigating argument. What's the spirit behind that? What's the spirit behind that? Uh, I, I think it's because, you know, sometimes there are cases where, you know, it, it's an accident that you do, you know, it's manslaughter. It's not actually intent mm. to kill. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the reason that this is in the headlines this week is because there have been two separate petitions petitions posted up on the Chongwade website regarding alcohol-related crimes. Mm. One of them is people calling for the revision of the law to ban any sort of leniency to you know, intensify punishment for mm-hmm. crimes committed under the influence. All right. It also almost should go the other direction, right? Like Germany. If, you, if you've got yourself drunk and committed a crime, you almost deserve a harsher punishment. Yeah, Germany and France hand out harsher punishments. Other places like Switzerland, the UK and the US, they don't you know, meet out harsher punishments, but they don't reduce crimes committed under the influence. So people are a little bit confused in Korea. They're like, no, we should follow suit. We should follow Germany and France in, in giving out harsher punishments for crimes like this. But, um, you know, the presidential secretary has come out and talked about this because the petition um, actually got more than 200,000 mm, votes. So they have to respond. And they have to respond. He said that, you know, um, we really can't reduce punishments for crimes committed 
because you know, uh, you know, it, you know, it, this it, it's really impossible. They can only request a retrial um, if they think that the the person was. Um, You know, they didn't deserve that particular punishment. Okay, they so, can't hand out a harsher punishment. So, how does it? Not necessarily in this case, but generally, how does it work? You you're in court being tried for something, and then you say, "Actually, Your Honor, I was drunk," and then they're like, "Oh, okay, we'll cut that down." Is that literally what happens? All you've got to do is plead intoxication. That usually is what happens. You know, usually, I, that's I, in the police report too, right? They they take your blood and all, or or they notice that you're heavily intoxicated. Yeah, I, I've looked into this a little bit. Apparently, in criminal law, in Korean criminal law, clause ten, um, if anyone pleads shimshin miyak, which basically means the heart and mind or the body is weakened by some, you know, you know, al you know, substance, okay. alcohol or whatever, they. Are not able to be punished. But looking at the subclause two of this, it says that if you know you are well aware of the dangers prior to committing a crime, you are not able to have any leniency. So th there's a little bit of a fine, you know, fine line mm. between this. Because, you know, when you're drinking, you are well aware of the dangers that it poses. Yeah, of course, of course. So it comes down to a judge's cool yeah i'm still kind of doing mental gymnastics here to figure out what the spirit behind this leniency is and and two things kind of pop up one is that uh alcohol is acknowledged in korean culture to fill and in any culture frankly of uh fulfilling this role of easing social interaction and uh getting to a point of honesty and frankness where you can talk to your boss That's what and I was saying pay before, shakes yeah. and all that stuff mm -hmm. so alcohol is seen as useful the other thing is that alcohol here It's kind of like a, it's got a socioeconomic dimension. It's like this metaphor for the fact that you've got a hard life. Maybe you're poor, maybe you're this or that. And so it's kind of the universal self-medication that the down and out turn to. So, so you had no choice but to drink. Is In essence, or, you know, the alcohol is a mirror, a reflection of the fact that you've, boy, you've got it rough. So uh, if you're drinking that hard, there must be some sort of, circumstance that uh, almost takes the edge off of what your crime that's that's just hypothetical on my part i think that probably is a more generous attempt at explaining the law than i like it sounds to me like it was just a bunch of lawmakers that like a drink mm. thought oh we better slip this i think in. a lot of people agree with you jim yeah yeah I, i can't see any way that you can realistically justify reducing someone's crime for being drunk, especially for, you know, such a severe crime. Of course, that, that's an egregious, a gruesome crime. You know, my mind goes back to the guy that lit Moon on fire, right? And he was, I believe, drunk, mm -hmm. and he had a hard life, and he was down and out. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, sometimes they think, wow, boy, you know, the poor guy, he was drinking, and a crime of anger like that, where maybe you smash something or you light something on fire, That's kind of what I think people had in mind in, in putting this clause I mean, in. Even that was a huge arson. Like, I can understand, like, you know, someone jaywalking or something like that. Like, you can mitigate that kind of thing, mm. you know. But someone, like, setting on massive structure on fire. That's, yeah, the like, national treasure number one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. also, that's not that easy a thing to achieve. You know, like, I couldn't just get a lighter to the corner of the building and it'd be done. Like, it's, a, it's not that, like, it's that simple a thing. All right. Uh, well, we've got some actual voices as read by the robo-readers of what Koreans are saying to each other about this rather sensitive topic. Let's go ahead and give that a listen. There should be harsher punishments for crimes committed under the influence of alcohol. If you can't handle your alcohol, that's your problem, your choice, and your responsibility. No one told you to drink yourself, silly. 
Look at crimes through the eyes of the victim. Why is the law protecting criminals? People who commit crimes after drinking would have singled out their victim while sober, but didn't have the courage to carry through with their thoughts. Alcohol gives them that final boost of courage. Not everyone who drinks commits a crime. The problem lies with the individual. If we're going to continue with this logic, then they should consider drunk driving a criminal offense. Not everyone who drink drives ends up injuring or killing someone, but their actions are considered a criminal offense because they can potentially kill someone, but someone commits murder and has their sentence reduced because they were under the influence of alcohol. That doesn't make any sense. Someone who drinks themselves stupid is a potential criminal, so punish them accordingly. So, guys, we hear kind of a chorus, almost agreement that um, it is kind of silly to mitigate crimes uh, due to alcohol. Uh, is there sort of an argument from the pro camp that we could say? One thing that uh, is being pointed out is that, you know, legal experts against this whole thing say it would be applied across the board. So even sort of minor misdemeanor charges that might you know, well deserved to be reduced because of alcohol and hijinks and all of that stuff would still be uh, harshly punished. And That's exactly what the presidential secretary said. That's the reason he said that we can't ban this leniency altogether. And he also pointed out that um, the ban has been imposed on sexual criminals, though. There's no leniency whatsoever given to them, anyone who commits a sexual crime under the influence of alcohol. Um, but for any other crime, yeah, it's up to the prosecutor. Is this is how Korean is this discussion? I, you know, I think we have this problem not just in Korea. It's definitely big in Korea, but but pretty much across the world, where we have this perception of like white lie laws. You know, laws that are laws but don't really matter. They're fine. You know, and and that's where this kind of leniency argument comes in. For example, y yesterday I was walking my dog, and there was a woman who didn't have a dog on the leash. Mm. That is illegal in it Korean illegal, law, yeah. but she probably isn't going to kill someone. Although those are both laws that she would be breaking because she sees that one law as not really a law that matters. It doesn't apply to her. It's not going to hurt anyone. That's still a law. It's the same thing in the UK and the US and Australia. We all have this problem where there are certain laws that people don't think are really a good idea. Mm. Yeah. And so they just ignore them. And that's where this leniency comes in. You know, they're saying that, oh, if, if, a, if somebody was walking their dog without a leash while they were drunk because they forgot the leash, then they shouldn't be punished as harshly because it's not really a big deal. It's still a law. Yeah. You brought up the jaywalking example before. Yeah. I mean, it's like these little kind of white crimes, little, you know, minor things. You really do have to apply a gradient, especially when you're talking about a uh, an outrageous crime like the one at the heart of this discussion. Is there any room, Joanne, in your world uh, for preserving leniency or is are you sort of in chime with all of these uh, commenters on our boards? I mean, obviously, there are going to be people out there who are wrongly punished for their deeds. But I think that's a minority and a majority of these cases. I think it's pretty clear that if you drink yourself silly and you commit a crime, you've been thinking about that crime for a long time. Mm. You know, you don't see people going out there and, and doing anything, you know, willy nilly and doing really bad things. What an interesting angle that is. Yeah. I mean, your cognitive skills when drunk, by definition, are not functioning quick and sharp. You could argue that uh, this is something that's lurked inside of you and the alcohol just kind of sets it free. Yeah, I mean, I, I am not ashamed to admit that I have been drunk before. Yes. I'm sure that you guys probably have as well. I've also never broken a law. You know, it's exactly. not like drinking leads to doing illegal things. Yeah. There's another factor in there. There has to be. Well, a lot of, you know... 
a lot of people have this sort of Jekyll and Hyde thing uh, when they drink. Perhaps that that book is even a metaphor for drinking yeah. in the first place. Um, and there's sort of the uh, the dark side of, of of people's soul. No, I I'm not buying this argument that everyone has the potential to commit a crime. Okay, you know I think we should define what this crime is. You know, crime can be like a misdemeanor, like you said. We're talking about major crimes. Major this crimes is... don't just come from ordinary people. Yeah, I you think. Know you know if if they're saying that the reason we can't take away this leniency in major crimes is because of the minor crimes then it would be better to take it away across the board or than add to not a clause take it away or a subclause to it there yeah. you go it's better that this or that minor gets an unfairly quote unquote unfairly harsh sentence than that uh, an offender like the one we're talking about is somehow treated with kid gloves just because you know he had some soju or whatever he was drinking beforehand I mean, you know, you look at these sentences sometimes and you you don't understand. Some people are given like five-year sentences. Some people have given two, even, they've commit, even though they've committed murder. And you're like, what, what's the guideline for this? How do prosecutors come, and, you know, come to this conclusion that one person gets two and one person gets five or ten for a very similar crime committed? Yeah. yeah. I really do think this is something that's – changing in a glacial way in Korean culture as Korean culture turns away from the idea that um, alcohol is sort of the universal solvent, right? That it needs to sort of um, kind of interface our hoishiks and our parties and it needs to fill these social roles and that it's sort of the escape for the overworked. Some people say that the media glamorizes alcohol, mm. you know, because people talk about it, they drink on TV. I mean, you know, they, they cancel out cigarettes, but they actually show people drinking and talking and joking about alcohol. Yeah. There are whole shows based exactly. purely on celebrities drinking together. That's right. And there's a whole lot of implicit sort of forgiveness on mm-hmm. a lighter level for alcohol. All right, guys, let's uh, put that topic on the shelf. We've got two more coming up when Dive In Korea continues here on Koreascape right after this. It's Dive In Korea Friday here on Koreascape. Jim and Joanne are here with some of the hot topics from the web. Guys, uh, before we go into topic number two, let me just quickly ask you about the cue of the week, the question of the week. Uh, name changes. Have you got any connection or stories about that? I don't have a personal story, but I've heard a lot of you know stories about people changing names because um, the Korean name with the surname included means cat or dog or means I'm pregnant or something mm, like yeah. that because of the surname. Sure. Um, and you've also got very, very superstitious people in Korea. And you'd be surprised at how many people actually change their names. It's... This it's Very been a common. journey of discovery for me. Uh, you know, it, it was my first encounter with it about a week or two ago when our team member did, and I said, "You know, why am I so bothered by this?" D- Jim, you you said somebody changed your name. Yeah, I've known a lot of people change their name. My my mother in law, my Korean mother in law, recently changed her name. Really? Um, because the she thought the new name would be luckier. I think her sister did as well. Yeah. Um, and it was mainly just confusing for us. But yeah, she. She changed her name legally. Fortune and luck. Who knows? Maybe if you, you switch your mental focus, that changes your I mean, luck. If it's the name of a high-profile criminal, maybe you know you you don't want to be called that name. Yeah. You don't want to see your name popping up that's on the right. internet all the time. That's right. So I, I get that logic. I think that's yeah. It can change the the way you think about yourself. Let's jump into topic number two, and it is a whopper from the print and social media headlines. Bitcoin. The government is getting aggressive about uh, restricting how and who 
can engage in Bitcoin transactions. Yeah, so the government has been talking for a while about what to do about Bitcoin, which is becoming an increasingly uniquely Korean problem. Because in mm. Korea, Bitcoin is huge. There was a point last week when, uh, when Bitcoin counted for a quarter of the global Bitcoin no, when Korea accounts for a quarter of the global Bitcoin trade. Transactions. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely huge in Korea. Um, and that's a little bit worrying because it's also an unregulated currency um, that is still a new concept. And we're not just talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about all cryptocurrencies. Yes. Um, Ethereum being the other big one in Korea. And uh, it's they're unregulated and no one really knows what's going to happen. You know, and increasingly they're fluctuating so very much that some big, big global companies, um, one of the biggest global companies for providing gaming content, have dropped Bitcoin in the last couple of weeks because they're like, this value is no longer reliable. Right. We don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, it's up and down. Um, It's easy to find stories this week, too, uh, especially in Korea, about retirees walking into a Bitcoin exchange or emailing a Bitcoin exchange saying, hey, Here's my savings, you know, put me in Bitcoin while this thing is still going up. Right. And I, there are, you know, there are a lot of people, I know people personally, Korean people who, who are very easily hooked on this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, especially sort of, I know one of those people who are middle-aged, they've grown up in incredibly poor backgrounds and they're still just desperate for a way to make money. You know, society is moving far faster Mm. than they are. I don't want to be ageist, but I have heard people saying that once the Korean ajima or the older ladies get on board, it means that it's the end of whatever this trend is. (laughs) It's finally reached the ajimas, right? They they ought to have an economist term for that, like the ajima inflection point or something like that. Yeah, the ajima ajima tipping point. If it gets the to Ajima them, equilibrium. The How about that? <laughs> the Ajima, right, that, you heard that here first. <laughs> That's Although available popular, for license from Koreascape. Um, so who wants to tick off the measures that the government is introducing? Well, preliminarily, at the moment, the government has banned minors and foreigners. Now, this is actually has been reported on um, quite broadly. This has been big news internationally that the Korean government has done this. A lot of international reports and local Korean media reports said that they banned foreigners who do not reside in Korea. That's incorrect. The when I spoke to the government and checked, it is any foreigner, even if they live in Korea and have an uh, visa and have an uh, alien registration card, they are banned from trading Bitcoin on Korean exchanges. So I won't be able to do it. You won't be able to do it. Joanne won't be able to do it. So any foreigner, anybody who does not hold a Korean passport, can no longer trade. And any any minor. Now that the makes minor sense. thing, yeah. Well. The reason, the argument they're doing that is that they worry that a lot of transactions on Korean exchanges aren't from within Korea. Okay. Mm. Um, however, you have to have a Korean bank book in order to in order to trade in a Korean exchange. So how much is actually going from outside the country is very unclear. There's no way of knowing because these things aren't really regulated and recorded. Banning minors uh, comes from, I don't know if you saw last weekend when a Korean teenager like accidentally upset the entire world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of the reason for that. What happened was is that a uh, a Korean high school student in Seoul faked what's called a hard fork, which is a type of uh, software upgrade that changes codes in Bitcoin protocol with the ultimate um, goal of potentially potentially creating two different coins, okay. splitting the currency. Yeah. He did that. Now it's at the time there was a lot of accusations that were very um, you know very accusatory. It's since come out that it may not have been intentional. Mm-hmm. He may have been working on something else, and um, but, it, but well, for whatever reason, a, a teenager managed to panic the entire world. You know, the biggest growing currency in the world globally. So miners are now out as well, and that again, that seems like a relatively responsible measure. 
This is, I mean, Korea is famously conservative about sort of capital flows and cash flows and whatnot. But uh, I got to say, I'm kind of on the side of the regulators in this uh, instance, because this thing is such a mania. And the value is so all over the place. It, it's well worth it to tap the brakes, isn't it? Just mentioning value, last weekend, at one point, and this is because it changes so often. So this, it didn't close at this, but at one point, the cut, the value of a Bitcoin fell by 40%. Right. Well, because it spiked just before that. Yeah. I mean, it's insane, the the value fluctuations. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's very uncharted territory. Uh, let's see. So we've got the miners. We've got the I, – I frankly think they've warned many times now that they're going to just shut down the exchanges altogether. My sense is that that's kind of the next thing that's going to drop. Well, as well as foreigners and miners, you've also got financial institutions. Uh-huh. So local financial institutions, including commercial banks, will not be able to invest in cryptocurrency. Right. Which again – because it's not transparent. Banks well, yeah, are meant to be thing. transparent. And also it's not – you know, if you buy a stock or a share of a company, it's very clear – what that is and why it has the value it has. That's right. And ultimately, if you need to sell it, you can find a buyer, but if, if need be, probably the company itself. If you buy a cryptocurrency, you are entirely relying on the fact that everyone's going to recognize its value at what it currently says. It and smells a lot like a pyramid it. scheme, too. I mean, it's just – its value is derived from the newcomers coming in and chasing it with their real-world cash. I mean, it's not linked to any government's GDP or anything like that. Okay, so we've got uh, some restrictions, and we've got some word on the street, actual people talking to our reporter, Kang Jae-un, with some comments. Let's listen to that. Here's what people have to say about Bitcoins and virtual currency. Bitcoin's value is extremely volatile to be used as an alternative currency, and when its value crash, chances are it may lead to a collapse in our domestic economy. Therefore, I am for the government's decision in imposing regulations on virtual currencies. I've heard from the news that there are a lot of controversies and overheated investments surrounding it, and if this is a trend, I'm not sure a governmental intervention will help discourage speculations surrounding it. I do not know much, but I am aware that virtual currencies are related to the development of fintech and blockchain technology, and bitcoins allow people to exchange money without any governmental intervention. I've heard stories of ordinary people becoming rich overnight and some who've lost all of their money the next day. Bitcoins are definitely a risky investment. I've seen a few people actually buy bitcoins as well. I'm very optimistic about the prospect of virtual currencies, and maybe in the future, bitcoins will be approved as an asset. Considering how governments in other countries are reacting to virtual currencies, it's not right for our government to impose strict regulations on them. Virtual currency is a fairly new concept, and therefore we should wait and see how bitcoins will integrate into the current economic system.
reporter Kang Jae-eun out there. She's getting really nice stuff, I find. Every week she brings back some really thought-provoking comments. We should point out, I mean, we've kind of, uh, through the lens of recent headlines, been framing Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as this kind of fly-by-night possible scam thing, bubble, all of which it may be. But the underlying technology, the blockchain technology, whether it's called Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever, um, economists really point to this as a major disruptor and as a an empowering technology for the developing world and uh, kind of wresting power, financial power from the hands of big banks and Wall Street and ensuring transparency. So there's a lot of good things to say about blockchain. Blockchain, certainly. But the, the two concepts are entirely different. Blockchain, the technology that allows a currency that's not tied to a single country to responsibly exist, which is what it does, um, is is now being utilized all over the place. We have banks in Korea that are using blockchain informs. We have companies in Korea that have utilized blockchain um, as ways to handle reporting and things like that, big conglomerates. Um, blockchain is is increasingly all over the place. Mm. Um, that is just a, a great technological advancement. But the cryptocurrencies that happen to be connected and happen to use that system um, are where the risk comes in. Yeah. Okay. So uh, buyer beware about Bitcoin and all of these new technologies. Really, there's no no excuse for not knowing what you're doing here. Let's transition into topic number three. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of days now. This is the online uh, results, top searches by uh, Google Korea. And um, who wants to take them off? So we've got the top searches by Google Korea and the top videos on YouTube, both okay. of those. Now, we... Uh, not every single one of the searches, we won't mention them all because some of them are video games and things like that. Mm. But they, it's an interesting sociological picture. And then certainly the YouTube one is pretty fun as okay. well. Um, but on the on the top searches from the world's number one search engine, personally, I was surprised to see the number one search term. Now, you have to remember that the world's number one search engine is not Korea's number one search engine. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that impacts what these results are. But the number one search term was Japanese animated drama, Your Name. Mm. Mm. Now, I wonder what would... I'll, I'll say the things and then Joanne will give some background. Maybe that's the best. Have either of you seen Your Name? I've, I've, no. I had okay. the chance to, but I didn't get the time to watch it. Okay. I should have. It's I mean, Japanimation, right? J- Japanimation, yes. Is that a thing? Is that what we say? <laughs> yeah. You didn't realize? Yeah, they say that. Oh, I don't. <laughs> you do now. Oh, yeah, this is true. All right. So, uh, wait, but is it Japanimation or is it like that advanced stuff like swept away, the sort of high production value? I, I've not seen it at all. No, it is. No, Japanese I'm looking animation. at it now. It looks like straightforward. Anime. Yeah, it is animation, and I think it's based off a comic mm. um, book of the same name. It came out in January um, on January fourth, so I guess I don't really have an excuse not to have watched it. But I mean, as soon as it came out, it was everywhere on variety right. shows. I think even like the news picked up on yeah, it at I'm one pretty, point. We we reported on it. I'm pretty sure it's the most successful Japanese film in Korea ever. Right. A animation film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why? What what sweet spot did it hit? Maybe the theme of like like time switching and whatever. I, I think that was a trend that was started late last year in Korean dramas and then you yeah. know, going on to the beginning half of this year. Mm. Uh, maybe that was the attraction. I really don't understand why it took off so as it did. But it did. It was number one. I'm looking at random sort of frame grabs from it here on a search of uh, that. And it looks, just from the pictures, it looks like sort of a young, innocent schoolboy, schoolgirl 
love story? Is that what I understand? It is a love story, but I think uh, see, I told you I haven't watched it. <laughs> but they live in different times, I think, or maybe I'm confusing this with another Japanese movie. But uh, I think you know they're trying to reach out to each other and meet at one point, but they can't because they live in different time periods. Mm. Yeah, really? I think that is they're right. Cr- they're crisscrossing they're the crisscrossing, time continuum. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's and they're trying cool. to find each now other. Now, this. speaking of cool, Kurt, let's move on to number two, because <laughs> this is something I know that you're very passionate about. Indeed. You have to control yourself. I almost wore my turtleneck and blazer today. Yeah. So number two was Goblin, the Lonely and Great God, Yes. which is the English name for a very popular Korean drama that Koreascape fans will know that Kurt was a huge fan of. Oh, oh I, I had no idea. Okay, yeah, it's a good, good uh, show. It was a good show. So you know it starred Kong Yu. Kim yes. Goen and the others. It had the highest view, uh, viewership rating was twenty point five percent. That is very very impressive for um, a drama in this d- day and age, and also for a cable network drama. Because mm. you know, if you hit like ratings of like four to five percent for a cable network, that's considered pretty good. I'm sure but, young ladies all around Korea <laughs> were blowing out candles, hoping Gong Yu would show up. <laughs> yeah, and don't pretend a- you didn't blow out a few <laughs> candles yourself. Kurt. Oh please, Opa. Oh, not again. Okay, I'm going to skip through the next few quite quickly because i think the interesting person is actually at number six but just quickly at number three we had sully formerly of sully of, of fx, FX. Yes. um at number four we had mola daddy yeah which was a gruesome case as yeah. well isn't it number five was a mobile game number six all the way down at number six was president moon jae-in who's had quite the year i would have expected him to be higher you can't compete with pop culture even as a popular, you know, uh, handsome president, I imagine Moon Jae-in might have ranked higher the year before, perhaps. Yeah, with all the hype. With the election like, you know, and all the stuff. But that was all up. this year. Um, that was all this late. year. The impeachment was this year. The election was this year. Oh, yeah, you're right. Last year. It wasn't a normal election, yeah. was it? Hello. No, wake up. True. Last year, there was nothing going on, really, that would have. All right. All right. That's fair enough. News. Well, number six in all of search terms is not that shabby at the end of the day. Yeah, I guess You're so. below Dokebi, but hey. Isn't everybody? Who isn't? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, any other notables? Um, number seven is a, is it a movie or a drama? I it's a movie. The Outlaws is Pom Jae Doshi starring Yoon Gae-sang and Ma Dong-sok. Ma Dong-sok has had the stellar year when it comes to movies. He's in every single major movie that I can think of mm. from this year. I, I think he's been in like five and, and they're all in the top ten um, top ten movies of this year for you know mm-hmm. South Korea. So, yeah, he's he's just doing really well. There's a bit of a microcosm of a discussion in number three, Sully, right? I mean, she's oh, right. a, 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 a girl band singer that uh, did a sort of a racy movie, right? So it got people talking about whether it's appropriate to do sort of love scenes or whatever she did. Prior to doing that racy movie, the scene in the movie, though, she's, she was popping up in the news left, right, and center throughout the entire year for provocative photos. Instagram, for, right? Yeah, she was yeah, putting stuff yeah. out. Yeah, pushing the boundaries, shall pushing we say. Pushing boundaries, yeah. I think also number number eight is a game and number ten is a movie, but number nine is worth mentioning, which is Kim Joo Hyuk. Yeah. Jog my memory. He he passed away suddenly from a car accident on October 30th. Oh, um, He yes. was on his way to the hospital to uh-huh. meet his manager. And, yeah, this. it just... It was very unfortunate. It was a shock to the entire country because he was only in his like what late forties or something. He he was dating. He was th- talking about marriage, and everyone was happy for him. He was on a variety show, and all of a sudden, he's just gone. Mm. And his movie was you know uh, due to be released. Not actually, he received an award right before he passed away due to that accident. So mm. it was yeah a shock to the nation. Yeah. Now this year we have no overlap between the global top ten and the Korean top ten. 
Often that is the case, but this year there is absolutely nothing. Globally, it was things like Hurricane Irma, the latest smartphones, Meghan Markle. Those were sort of the big global terms. On the YouTube list, there's some crossover, but on, on Google searches, no crossover whatsoever. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Koreans, I mean, I'd be interested to know what drives search engine behavior domestically versus globally and, and why certain Koreans gravitate towards one service versus another, you know, and whether those results are similar. You said you had a YouTube list. Uh, yeah. So this one, <laughs> just to be clear, this list is the most watched videos in Korea. It does not include official artist videos. So if I an see. artist posts a music video, that doesn't count because those are always going to top the... you gotta, you got to take out the K-pop bands and the girl bands and whatnot. Exactly. Although a lot of artists do appear because there were incredibly popular covers or dance videos or workout videos based on them. But number one, and this is not the first time that this video has topped the most watched videos in Korea. I hear the excitement in your voice. You're, you're all a tremble. <laughs> it's a very catchy song. It's, a, it's, a, it's just an interesting number one is a video called shark family special Ooh, here it comes here's the clip it's kind of like it's kind you of like if the, the jaws theme were like mm-hmm. a cool dance groove you know now this particular version the one that was the top watch video does this for 30 minutes let's pipe it up just for five seconds I pictured Jim Bully in front of the mirror, the full-length mirror at home, arranging choreography to this. I mean, I can see some of our production staff dancing to it right now. (laughs) So what's the general gist of the song? He's like singing about sharks? A shark family, in essence. And the dance, you know, it talks about a baby shark and then a mummy shark and then a daddy shark. Grandma and grandpa is in there as well. And the dance moves correlate to the actual member of the family. Uh-huh. So when it's a baby shark, you use your fingers. And then with the grandma, you use your fists put together so it looks like she doesn't have any teeth. And it's a very yeah. <laughs> so well-calculated... Uh-huh. It's actually an old American campfire song oh. now the this it was they very the company have very much pushed it as their thing and we all believed that until an, an american in my office was like we used to sing this in the 90s at ymca but camps. did they have the dance they had the dance it was, a, it was a campfire dance? dance song so i spoke to the company and they said yeah we create this version of it though yeah. so they you know they digitalized it they made they turned it into korean and stuff although they have also released an english version and the original did it involve sharks yeah yeah, yeah. it's the exact same thing with the same exact dance and stuff the same tune oh. but just not in this sort of digital korean animated way why does a shark family dancing and singing consistently top the youtube searches every year you just heard why i don't understand the question (laughs) it is an awesome groove and i can now see the pd has pulled up some of the animated stuff but there's a i mean it's a brutal and ruthlessly competitive world of children's entertainment out there you would think that something else would uh, would bump it it's a very simple tune. It's a nursery and rhyme. It just appealed to the mums and the babies at first. I think this year, though, it made it into the top 10 or it topped the list because it was started by a broadcast jockey or a BJ, and mm. then all the Korean idols picked up on it, and they were doing yeah, it on just, the shows. We've had covers of this song by <laughs> Twice, by really? Red Velvet. Mm-hmm. This 30-minute version includes like an orchestral version. It includes a techno version. It includes all sorts of different things. An orchestral version would sound fantastic. An entire symphony orchestra 
playing the Shark Family song. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's a matter of time before that starts getting into... I mean, into you, you're a DJ. You're, you have former musical DJ sensibilities. Your creativity must just explode when you hear the song and what you could do with it. I, if anything, it's disheartening because I know I can never achieve anything that good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what else was big on YouTube. Um, number two was a cover of Ed Sheeran's Shape of You by Jay Fla, who's been a very popular YouTube performer. From? From somewhere. YouTube. No, 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 but I mean, uh, Jay Fla is from what country? Do you know? I believe Korean. Oh, Korean? I think so. Jay Fla is a Korean I performer. think so, but I might be wrong. Okay. I haven't seen the video. Um, yes. Number three was a full episode of the show Show Me the Money uh-huh. that someone had posted online. Number four was a dance cover of Size I Love It. Mm, okay. okay. That was a double title that he released this year with the other the other song. It was called... New face. New face. Yeah. yeah. So obviously they can't feature on here because they're official artist music videos, but the song was so good that someone's dance cover of it made it. It's the kind list. of a big genre on YouTube, uh, uh, like a group of girl dancers usually uh, get together and arrange some choreography to their favorite uh, K-pop song. And Yeah. Similarly, New Face made it onto the list because somebody posted a clip of when Sai sort of first performed it on JTBC's Knowing Bros. So although the, the official movie video couldn't be on there, that performance could be. And that came in at number seven. All right, we're down to our last 30 seconds or so. Is there any last thing that bears mentioning here? I think that the number 10 was actors of the film Kingsman eating Chimek. That was a particularly popular Chicken one. Chicken and beer. Not as part of the movie, but like sort of a behind the scenes. Kind yeah, of when thing. they came to Korea on the press tour. Yeah, they always do that, right? I mean, the Avengers do that as well. They always find time to go to like a barbecue joint or a pojang matcha and uh, get the locals all excited. Look, they're embracing our food and our culture. Did you, uh, are any of your favorite videos on this list, Joanne? Oh, the gooey bouncy blob. <laughs> <laughs> How to make a gooey bouncy blob. How to make a gooey bouncy blob. That's all the information relaxing. we've got. That's what I'm going to have to look up later, and I'll push those SEO results even higher. Guys, that's the conversation this week. I'll see you again next week, or thank perhaps you. the week after that. All right, thank you.